The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. They tried to score in the fourth quarter. You scored 10 of the team's next 12 points. Did you feel like that was your responsibility at that point for you to take over? I mean, somebody's got to do it, you know. <laughs> As I told you before, uh, tomorrow is going to be one of my teammates. Uh, yesterday, it was two days ago, I mean, it was Keldon, you know. It's, this is how we work as a group, as a team. It's how great teams work, you know. We want to be great, we need to play with everyone. He's an unbelievable talent. You know, I think everybody knows that. Um, and just trying to figure out what he is because we've never seen him before. Um, you know, so we got him early in the season. You know, hopefully next time we play him, we can make some adjustments to make it tougher on him. But, you know, he he, he has an advantage being 7-4 and being able to shoot over everybody. So it's finding different ways to make it tough on him. Um, but he had a hell of a night. He's tough, man. He's tough with that size and that shooting touch. Um, so, like I said, he didn't he didn't do much handling the ball or one on one action or posting this up. He just kept the game simple, and that's what that's what great players do. Ah, that is what great players do. And you know what? You know who else is great? You, Callie. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you hosting with me today, Callie Lawson Freeman. Uh, from Yahoo Sports. You guys have seen her before, but she's joining me to host today. So I really appreciate it. Um, last night, breakout performance for, from Victor Wimbanyama. Um, you know, it was just everyone's going crazy over it. It's all anyone can talk about. Monster performance. Um, 38 points helped like do what he needed to do in the fourth quarter to make sure his team win after the Suns came back and rallied. I don't know why the Suns were down 27 points, but we're going to get into them momentarily. But for him to have such poise, for him to be clutch already, you know, when he's still so new to this, um, incredible stuff from him. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I feel like we could say almost anything about his potential for greatness, and it wouldn't be doing too much. Like, I know that we're always talking about the Wimby hype, but it's really impressive to see what he's been able to accomplish to this point. I know he'll have his ups and downs as a rookie, and I feel like Summer League was a good example of that. Like, he garnered a sold-out crowd. That's how big the hype was. And he scored nine points in that first game but then in that second game 27 and it was a completely different showing you mentioned that he's clutch the clutch leaders of this year are lebron james with 23 points in clutch time luka Doncic, then victor Wimbanyama, and under him is Stephen curry who i know we're going to talk about later but he's just unbelievable 
Unbelievable. Um, the poise as a rookie, um, also with just learning, you know, coming from Europe and having to play the game here and the flow of it being different, the feel, um, maybe the athleticism, you know, just it, it's a different game here. And so, and he's talked about that before and he's like adjusted from game to game already in the season. I mean, we're not that many seasons in and he obviously picks it up quickly. And so there's so much excitement, like Wemby, 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 Wemby watch, Wemby, you know, there's plays on his name everywhere. Um, he seems to be handling it all right now in great stride. You know, look at him. He's being compared, doing things, you know, that haven't been done since Shaq, which is quite hilarious. And Shaq had the audacity to compare him to Bol Bol. We're not going to talk about that. But <laughs> we're not going to talk about Shaq's foolishness. But, I mean, look at this. That's crazy. So, I mean, the sky is only the limit for him. You know, here's the thing. I don't expect that this is the type of performance we're going to see every night, but I think he's ahead of the curve. I think he's ahead of what people thought he was going to be, right? So, you know, people were um, thinking like the Suns are probably not even going to be, a, not the Suns, I'm sorry, that the Spurs wouldn't be a playing team. Um, you know, they, they just the, ex the expectations weren't that high, but I think that they're complicating the West. I think the Spurs are making it interesting. Like, I don't expect them to, like, have a deep postseason run, but I certainly think they can be potentially a, a, a bottom playoff team, potentially a play-in team. You know, uh, he's going to have other nights like this, but there will be some inconsistencies, and we'll see nights like he's had early in the season because he's a rookie. But ultimately... Um, I I think the I think he I think the Spurs can complicate what the what those predictions are. I mean, you mentioned complicating and adjusting. You played that sound from Devin Booker, and he's talking about we need to figure out what Wimby is. It yes. seems like the Suns need to figure out some other stuff. There's a lot to figure out on the Suns. What say you? Because I know that you have a you got a big take on the Suns. <laughs> well, um, the Suns, you know. Look, I'm known sometimes to be like a son's hate, not a son's hater, a, a Katie hater, which is not true. I don't have any issues with Kevin Durant, though he did block me on Twitter, but <laughs> I don't have any issues with him. <laughs> that being said, um, I just, I thought there was a little bit too much hype for the Suns. You know, right now they're looking like Nets 2.0. You know what I mean? Like, Bradley Bill still hasn't played yet for the season. And it's funny because he was talking earlier in the season about all the different talent that they have on this squad and how he's never played with the team, like all this. And I'm like, but you're still not playing. Like, we still haven't seen you. And there was like some video of him putting up some practice shots uh, recently. And I, he just, he didn't look right. So I'm not really clear when you're going to be getting um, Bradley Bill back. And then, you know, Right now, you're sort of overworking Kevin Durant a little bit, who in the last few years has had an injury history. So you want to make sure that you're preserving him to make it into the season. You know, there was a lot of chatter. I mean, Kevin Durant said this, you can't guard us. You can't guard all of us at once, but uh, y'all got to be on the court. So right now, that's not really an issue, you know? And then on top of it, like, offensively, they are, when the three of them are on the court together, yes. Yeah. 
they will probably be a very, very great, very good offensive team. But until they are together for their offense to start clicking and to roll, they are not as strong offensively. And also their defense isn't great. So he's like, obviously we don't win the title, we'll get pounced on. No, I don't know if they will. I mean, I think people last year, people were like, well, he didn't get traded there to the middle of the season. Um, and I think that they're considered a contender, but I mean, they, they've dropped. Oh, these are the standings. So look, look at where they are in the standings right now. So mm-hmm. they are still considered like an NBA content, like championship contender, but I just, I don't think that they were like the tippy top of the list. So we'll see. I don't know if this, I, I think how far they go into the postseason. <laughs> excuse me. Is going to determine how we view them. Like, if they're a first round out, then yeah, like you're going to get talked about, rightfully so. <laughs> Excuse me. But if you if you have a deep postseason run, you know, I think they'll have like grace period. But if if, if they don't achieve any kind of championship while these three are together, when you consider you know how they broke up the team and what they did, it's a failure. So. I think they're a little fraudulent. I think they're a little overhyped. Um, I don't believe that they're winning anything this year. I can't say never, but I don't think they're winning anything this year. And I thought that before the season. So I just laughed at all these these predictions that had them ahead of uh, Golden State, that had them ahead of other teams. And any newly formed team, I ain't going to go in on, in, in on the Bucks today, Callie, because I did yesterday. But them, them shooting to the top, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, excuse me? So I think we're seeing it play out and it's early in the season, Callie. It's early in the season, but I think I think we're seeing, starting to see who the teams are that are really good. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Things are starting to kind of flesh out, but you did mention the Warriors and we have a lot to talk about with the Warriors. So now I'm wondering, are we going to go Draymond today? Are we going in on those comments? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. We 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 used um, some of the sound from Draymond yesterday on the show, but we didn't really get into the conversation because Michael Holly is like, he thinks he's a slick person and he tries to get me like riled up. So he started this like Stephen Curry versus Jokic debate, debate and like I never got to address Dre's comments. And I don't have much to say about them, but I will say this, Draymond really needs to learn to just stop talking and he won't he won't but it's just like i'm exhausted from him referencing last year and to me what felt like a jab at jordan pool and i think too many it felt like a jab so much so that steve kerr had to do radio the next day he was all over 95.7 clarifying the comments and you know clay thompson even said that same night when asked about draymond's comments like he sort of disagreed with them you know it's like if you weren't happy coming to work and things were the way they are the first place you need to look is at you draymond because you were the cause of that friction you know and and I just I don't understand why we're still continuing to cast aspersions over Jordan Poole. He's gone. He got traded. He's in he's in Washington. I'm still hearing local um, media in the Bay talk about his intelligence. And it always makes me uncomfortable when people are talking about the intelligence of players. But, you know, it's just like enough already enough. It's vibes. We know it's vibes. 
Y'all are vibing right now. Just focus on the Warriors. Focus on building the chemistry there. Focus on making sure Moody and Kaminga keep rolling. Focus on making sure that Chris Paul is doing his thing. And stop focusing on last year and Jordan Poole. Yeah. No, I mean, mic drop. That's the. That's it. I feel like when... <laughs> when Draymond <laughs> went for horse S-H-I-T, I was like, okay, all right, now, now we need to look in the mirror for just a little yeah. second, possibly. But you did mention, like, yes, the vibes are high, as they should be. Warriors are firing on all cylinders, and Stephen Curry is the general of that. And you mentioned <laughs> that you, you didn't get the opportunity to kind of weigh in on that like Curry Jokic debate, but I caught it. And I feel like as someone who has grown up in Sacramento, I've spent so much of my life watching Stephen Curry be dominant. And I, out of the two that you guys were discussing, Jokic and Curry, I'm taking Curry all day because he has put on a masterclass and shown how incredible, he is the greatest shooter of our generation. And I feel like, the way that he is able to take over a game, obviously this is a fresh wound for me, but 50 <laughs> points in game seven of the first round of the playoffs, that was that was devastating. And I don't even want to go into all the clutch buckets he scored specifically against the Kings, but like we, we're tired. Sacramentans are tired of his greatness. That's how incredible oh, that's what you guys, that's what you guys are called. I didn't know that. <laughs> You know, that's the issue with New Yorkers. New Yorkers, we never know anything outside of New York. So I'll be like, oh, is that? I'm sorry. I don't mean to be, I really never heard that term before. I mean, maybe, I mean, I feel like I've heard it. Maybe I made it up. I We say 916ers. That's the area code. 916ers. area code either. (laughs) (laughs) But the bottom line is we are fed up because he demands so much attention from opposing offenses. Like, let's say he's been taking the shot just a couple nights ago. He drew all that defensive attention just to kick it to Clay Thompson and give him them, give him that opportunity for that super clutch bucket that you hate to see as someone from Sacramento. But I wanted your take on it because if we're comparing, you're the person to do it. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you brought up that clay bucket and what happened because that night, you know, and it always happens. It always happens in a playoff series. Nick Nurse is known for the box and one defense on Steph. Like there's just certain coaches who are going to like do the anyone but Steph defense, right? And they they just like, we'll take our chances. And it usually does not work because one, he solved it. He, he knows how to like work through it. But additionally- um, like there because of his gravity, his gravitational pull, which is unique and like no other in in NBA history. He's the best floor spacer to ever play the game. Um, because of that, it allows Clay Thompson to get you know for the most part. I don't want to say butt naked because no one's you're not leaving Clay Thompson open, but they were so worried. 
they were so worried about Clay Thompson. You know what I'm saying? And um, yesterday, I was just honestly, I was so floored by some of the things my girl Liv Moods was saying. I was like, you know, so I was almost, I was not even prepared to fully defend Stefan the way that he he should be defended. I'm not going to rehash everything that I said, but I just think I want to talk about like a, a, some of the underrated things about Stephen Curry that I think go overlooked. So we talked about his gravity. He's the best off ball player to ever play the game. Um, and so when people think of making teammates better, they often think of it in assist. They think of it like that. And so that's why people debate whether he's a point guard. That's why people say, you know, don't think he's as good as he is of a passer because the the system that they play, and by the way, Steph is the system. He's, he's the system. Um, but the way that they play he doesn't get as many assists because he gets like hockey assists and the way that he assists is by drawing defenders right so his teammates can get open buckets Stephen Curry turned Andrew Wiggins into an all-star I don't want to hear about making teammates better Andrew Wiggins said I've never been more open before in my life people thought Andrew Wiggins was a bust they laughed at, at Bob Myers and the Warriors for trading to him Media people went on rants saying, oh, they will never win again. And he became an all-star. He was their second most important player in the series against the Celtics. That is because of Stephen Curry. And so the idea and notion that he doesn't make his teammates better, I don't think anyone makes their teammates better. You know, I, I like I, I, I truly don't like in the history of the game. And so I, like I said, I was just floored. There's so many things about him that just go overlooked. I, even when you said he's one of the best shooters of all time, or he's the best shooter rather, I even cringe when people say that. I get so tired of him being described as a shooter. No, 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 I'm not mad at you. He is, it's his crown. But I feel like it almost, because he's so much more than a shooter. And the way in the past traditionally that people have thought of shooters, it, it's 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 inherently like a knock. It's like you're not a complete player, you know, but he is. He is one of the best scorers, which I said yesterday. He is a shooter at every level, not just three-point, mid-range, finishing around the rim. He is the best free-throw shooter in the history of the game, right? So he's all these things, Callie. Um, he's also an excellent rebounder for his height and size. So... I just need people to pay attention. I need people to watch the Warriors. And if you don't watch the Warriors, that's fine. But don't talk about them so definitively and about Stephen Curry, like you understand his game, because then we just hear like crazy things being said. So that's, I can always talk about Steph. I'm versed in defending Steph. It's, you know, what I do, but I don't want to continue to talk about him. I want to talk about some other things because it's been the second week of the NBA, you know, and so much. So much has been happening and, you know, the little, the little storylines are starting, the little narratives are starting. The biggest thing I think that sort of took over this week was James Harden, right? It was like James Harden, you know, finally was traded, finally. Um, and it, it was just so messy, his divorce. It was so messy. The divorce with the Sixers. So he finally made um finally made it to LA. Um and he had some comments to, to say and, and Joel Embiid responded. So let's hear what they had to say. Me leaving Brooklyn and thinking I'm gonna retire as a Sixer, you know what I mean? And 
the front office had other plans. You know, they didn't, they didn't want me. And it's, it's that simple. When I'm in a leash, I'm not in just shooting the basketball every time. I meant like, I'm a, I'm a, like I think the game and I'm a creator on the court. You know what I mean? So if I got a, a, a voice to where I can, hey coach, I see this, you know, what you think about this? Then it's like, oh, okay. Like somebody that trusts me, that believes in me, that understands me, that I'm just not a, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a system player. I am a system. You know what I mean? So um, somebody that, that can have that dialogue with me and understand and, and, and move forward and figure out and make adjustments on the fly throughout the course of games. That's all I really care about. In my opinion, I, I just feel like, you know, we allowed him to just be himself. And we gave him the ball every single possession. And because he uh, he's really good. I mean, he's, a, he's an amazing, you know, player. Um, you know, obviously... Being up down, you know, that great of a passer, I think we just, we gave him the ball. You know, if you watch a game, we give him the ball every single possession to just go out and, you know, do his thing. And, you know, from there, he had to make decisions as far as, you know, getting guys open or, you know, uh, you know, looking out for himself. I'm happy for him. I hope, you know, he has a chance to succeed and, you know, um, you know, make a lot of money, you know, play good basketball and being able to win. Um, now I hope you know we both make the finals, but you know he's he's on the losing side of it, and we're on the winning side of it. Well, I don't think either team is making the finals, Tally, but um, you know, <laughs> but growth, growth from the process, growth from from you know uh, Joel and B, because we know sometimes we know how things unfolded with uh, with with Ben Simmons and and. You wrote about this. You know, what did you think of Joel Embiid's reaction to, you know, um, James Harden's best Hove impression? You know, okay, it's so funny. We got to talk about the Hove impression because late registration <laughs> was like a staple of my childhood. So I heard I'm not a system player. I'm a system. And I said, yeah. I'm not a yeah. businessman. I'm a businessman. Let me yeah. handle my business. That's what Everybody. I'm thinking. So I'm like, Maybe that's what James Harden is trying to accomplish here. I think that Joel Embiid pointed out something kind of important in um, Harden's comments by saying that that's really a coaching situation that Harden is throwing darts at. It's not necessarily like anything more. He's throwing darts at Doc Rivers and like that's his right to do. We He is who we know him to be. So that's probably the best way to address that. But I thought Joel Embiid, by pointing out like, hey, I didn't know he had any issues. We gave him the ball. I cannot reiterate how many times Joel Embiid said we gave him the ball or some variation of phrase, we gave him the ball in his full comments, which I thought was pretty funny. But if you look back to last season, Harden was the, you know, league leader in assists. And of course, Embiid can look at it from a different perspective because he was leading the league and scoring. That's why he got the MVP title. And so I think ultimately you look at it now and just go, well, you know what I mean? Like Joel Embiid, we got to move on. I thought it was nice how he kind of looked back. Like, you know, we could have won. We were close. We almost had it, but it ain't happening now. And so I think... (laughs) I think that I think that Joel was right to kind of just give a bunch of praise, but I thought he was funny for um, repeating. We gave him the ball every five seconds in the whole comment. Yeah, because he wants to make it clear. He's like, what, "What is this? What is this man talking about?" 
Listen, I actually think the 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 sneak the, the sneakers the Sixers are a sneaky team. Um, you know, with the with the leap that Tyrese Maxey appears to be taking this year, you know, and he's and he talked about that, like not specifically Maxey, but just like their squad right now and looking ahead. I definitely think they're going to be in the thick of things, and I think before the season, people didn't know how to rate the Sixers because we didn't know what they were going to look like, but they've looked pretty good, and the Bucks have not. Yeah, that's shade. So, you know, I don't know when it all comes down to it, if they will end up being a higher seed than than uh, the Bucks. But the Sixers, they look good right now. And Joel Embiid still looks dominant. But no one, no team looks more dominant right now, Callie, than the Boston Celtics. The Seas put up 154. Five points the other night, Callie. A hundred and fifty-five points. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, was there any defense being played in that game? And I get it. Tyrese Halliburton, he was out, but still have some pride. Like, just because he is out does not give you the right to allow a team to drop a hundred and fifty-five on you. That's crazy. No, it's it's actually you're right. It's ridiculous. But I do think that now is the time to actually use the phrase scary hours. You see a tur a, a team put up 155 points, that's when you say scary hours with the eye emoji on Twitter. And I feel like I so you. often we've seen it used out of context. When James Harden arrived in Los Angeles, scary hours. When James Harden arrived in Brooklyn. <laughs> Scary hours on Twitter. Like, no, now is actually the time. When Kristaps Porzingis scored 30 points in his debut for the Celtics, that was the time to say scary hours on Twitter. Like, this is scary. Genuinely, this is a team that is trying to win, and they look like they could. And Porzingis' comments after the the 155-point win had me scared. He said, we can play better. We can play better than, than 155 points. Baby, I'm scared. Like, I'm. that's actually scary hours. That's when you use that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to even lie to you. I was slightly triggered by scary hours because I feel like it's a jinx. It's like when they tell you someone's free throw record before they go to the line and then they miss one, like... So I was like, oh, Callie, why scary hours? But no, the C's, the Celtics are legit and um, they're going to be a fun team this year. And I hope that they stay healthy. I, I hope every team stays healthy because um, it's, it's exciting right now in the NBA and the the in-season tournament uh, begins tonight. So interesting things around the NBA. But you know what? I'm ready to talk women's basketball. So we... We'll be right back, y'all, with Sabria Whitaker. I won't let my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis symptoms define me. Emerge as you. In two clinical studies, Trimphia guselkumab, taken by injection, provided 90% clear skin at 16 weeks in 7 out of 10 adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. In a study, nearly 7 out of 10 patients with 90% clear skin at 16 weeks were still clear at 5 years. At one year and thereafter, patients and healthcare providers knew that Trimphia was being used. This may have increased results. Results may vary. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Trimphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. 
Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information at Tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to talk about the slam cover with Asia Wilson. Um, what's so great about it is that Sydney Colson wrote it, right? So Asia Wilson does it again. You mad? Um, people are very mad. Sabria, you've been on here already talking about this with us. We've been talking about the WNBA season all year. And people were big mad. They were big mad about the Aces winning, about Asia, just lots of madness, right? So um, I loved the cover. I loved the headline. And I read it. And I love what Sid wrote and that she got the opportunity to write that. And it wasn't only about Asia. It was also about her experience. It's a, it's a really great, you know, it's a really um, great read. But you know, to me, Asia is one of the, not the only, because we know that there are some women doing it at the college level and other stars that we're going to get to. But Asia is one of, to me, the players, Sabria, that I think is really helping to to grow the, the game right now and take it to another level. You know, um, she knows how to market herself. She has a great personality. I consider her one of the faces of the W, if not. And so this continued like tour she's going on, getting special treatment and flowers from Usher, appearing on talk shows. I just wanted to continue. And I remember you had a tweet, you know, about like seeing the WNBA players treated like the way that they're supposed to, like, you know, the superstars that they are. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So please forgive me if I misquoted you. But um, I think it's great what's happening. And she... Need, she is leading the way, and I think people need to follow suit. Um, curious your thoughts on that, Callie, and then Sabria, if you if you want to weigh in. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned just like the fact that Sydney Colson wrote that piece, and I think that's part of what you're saying. The more that we get to learn about the, these players, the more that we love them. Of course, Asia is a star. I feel like it's established. But Sydney is someone who I am so obsessed with because her talents know no bounds. She is hilarious. You can hear her singing. But this piece that she wrote is actually really great. And there's something in there that she wrote was that she saw someone say that there's never been a team more entertaining than the Aces since the 2016 Cavaliers. And she pushed back against it by saying women are always more entertaining than the men. Right. And I feel like the Aces... <laughs> The Aces are proving that, you know, Asia is proving that. I saw her, her on the Paul Feinbaum show and she's talking about her book and she's just vulnerable saying like, I'm a human being. I have stuff that I go through and she's willing to put herself out there, which I think is so valuable. That's why 
it this league keeps growing because I think they're willing to, you know, open up and show who they are. So the product on the court is great. And then these players are incredible as well. And so that was really exciting to me. I just loved the slam cover. I loved what Sydney Colson wrote. I love what's happening for Asia. It just, it made me happy. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any thoughts on it, Sabria? Yeah. So I love what the Aces are doing on the court, but off the court, I think they're also setting a new standard for what content and opportunities we should be seeing, you know, WNBA players put out and get. I think this is a fantastic example of how the league, other leagues, other teams can actually capitalize on all of their players because there's this, I won't even call it a running joke, but more so just like a fact of Sydney Colson now becoming a face of the league. And I think her writing this piece about Asia is a great example of how you can have a face of a league or a team and a franchise player, and they don't have to be the same people. And so people are doing themselves a disservice when they limit these opportunities to just their quote unquote franchise players, because that's more so on the court. So if you tap into those who are leading the team on the court, but you also have these great personalities like Sydney Colson, who is a star, regardless yep. of what she's able to it's show smart. us in the minutes that she gets on the court, we are seeing them mesh together so well. And I want more people to take notes. Yeah. You know who I want to take notes? It, look, it even says it in my feed. I want Skims to take notes. <laughs> That's what I want because their partnership was announced, Sabria. And I know you have some strong thoughts on this. So I want to I want to hear from you. But they announced the partnership this week. Um, they're the official partner um, for the NBA, WNBA, USA Basketball. Um, but Skims has already worked with women's basketball, with Team USA. And um, it's just, it's, it's odd to me because they are more known for women's underwear like that. I mean, for women, I'm not saying only, but that's what they're more known for. And they announced this in connection with their new men's line. And so it's an odd choice uh, because you're a woman's brand. It's an odd choice because the Vegas Aces just won the championship. Um, it's another odd choice because Asia Wilson has actually modeled for you before. So you could tap back into that. And yet I'm seeing pictures of no disrespect to SGA, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, your wonderful player, but I'm seeing him all over the place. I'm seeing Nick Boza. I'm seeing, you know, so- you know, soccer players. And I'm just wondering, did they get the memo? Did they miss the memo? What's going on here, Sabria? Listen, I don't know if it's, I don't want even want to point all the blame at Skims. I don't know if I should be more upset at Skims or maybe the league because everyone saw Skims create this underwear collection for USA Women's Basketball in 2021. So when you have Asia in this campaign, they win gold. Asia comes back home, wins the championship last year these conversations should have already been taking place. I don't think it should have 
had to wait until Skims came out with this men's line for this partnership to be announced. And it to me, it seems like the WNBA was an afterthought that Skims was focused on the NBA and wanting to wait until they had this menswear collection. And then because of the umbrella of the organization and the NBA's relationship to the WNBA, they kind of just were like, okay, well, come on in. But it was like, but no, like you should have been, could have done this two years ago when you had this sleepwear collection with USA Women's Basketball. Like, I don't understand. To me, it's it's a little off-putting, a little disrespectful. I read in the article that the goal between skims and the NBA is to get more women into the NBA by skims. Like, so you think we weren't already here? Like, I'm confused. I'm not a fan, but... I see you you making some faces there, Callie. What's up? What you got to say? You know, I think Sabrina's answer just gave me, it got me a little riled up because she's talking about Asia was right there. And then in my head, I'm thinking, you know what else Asia's right there for? A signature shoe with Nike. Like I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to go to war now because Sabrina's got me all hyped up. But I do think that just in the vein of skims, I was more curious just about the specifics of the partnership, which of course we didn't get. We know that it's going to come alive at marquee events. Um, including like the all-star game, in-season tournament, um, and the brand will benefit, right? They'll get media exposure. Kim K and her mom are about that money. So they're going to get that money and that exposure for the brand. But I'm like, how is this benefiting the league? That's what I want to know. And even in addition to Asia Wilson being right there, remember Lexi Brown was calling for a Skims partnership for a while too. So I just, I don't know. I'm not someone who spends money on Kardashian products. And so... I just want to know how it's been really. Yeah. I mean, they said something about them getting equity or something. Um, at least the NBA. I'm not sure what really is the the partnership goals with them in the WNBA. But I will just say before I give it back to y'all, if we're talking about a menswear collection and a women's wear collection, and you have all these women in the WNBA, I better see some mask presenting players get this deal and activate these partnerships or whatever that looks like, or we're going to have to have another conversation. So I, I don't like, I definitely want Lexi to get her, you know, her campaign off. I love Asia, but I need to see some Courtney Williams, some Kalia Copper, some Brittany Sykes. I need to see them be represented in this campaign as well. I'm, I'm so glad you made that point. Cause I was going to ask you about that, but for people who may not be as familiar with those um, players and are new to the WNBA and just may not know as much about the LGBTQ plus community, can you explain a little bit what you mean by mass present, pre- um, presenting players? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, basically everything we do has essentially goes back to European standards of beauty, right? And so you have this league of the WNBA that is majority Black, Um, women of color, but then there are a lot of players who are more femme presenting um, regardless of their sexual orientation. So presenting like we talked about Asia Wilson and Lexi Brown, right? Great examples of players who wear makeup, um, their hair. You You can look at them and tell, right? They probably use she, her pronouns. And then you have other players who are more mass presenting, who may, 
you may look at them and think they're non-binary. Um, they also, you know, the WNBA also has player AD. Um, and so these are players who probably might shop on like Fashion Nova men um, instead of Fashion Nova women's section. And so just, again, regardless of sexual orientation, people who conform to the social construct one side of the spectrum who don't at all i want to see everyone be able to be represented in this um campaign and so i really hope they do right by that and show the true diversity of the wnba and not just sticking to those who might you know wear makeup or 40 inch weaves or whatever yeah you know look this this segment today is all about growth because the WNBA is growing and we're not here for any anybody trying to stop that growth. I mean, I saw um, Sabria that and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more later, but the 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 NCAA women's fin- finals, the title game had more rating, higher ratings, higher viewership than the the average World Series ratings that just happened. Baseball, like, I mean, I know that over time it's changed um, with 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 baseball and it may not be like as loved, beloved as it used to be, but still that's incredible. That's incredible, you know? 9.9 million viewers for the 2023 title game. The World Series averaged 9.1 million viewers, right? And so we're gonna we're gonna talk college a little bit, but I just that's incredible. And so we know there's been all kinds of talk about expansion, and you know the the Bay Area just got a team, and we heard that Portland will be next. And then all of a sudden, news broke this week that Portland, um, the the deal is falling apart. And I think it, I believe it has to do with like. Uh, uh, moda moda center and renovations and that's where like the breakdown is occurring but i was a little surprised to hear this because it seemed like it was a done deal like that was the next city i'm not mad at it though because i i I didn't really want portland to be the, the next city so i feel like things happen the way that they're supposed to um and i'm not i'm not worried about portland because the the w is going to expand and it's going to keep growing but just curious your thoughts on um the fact that the deal broke down listen i i'm not shocked um i think there's a lot of criticism that happens on social media about the way that the WNBA handles business. And so it, to me, it's very interesting that a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how the black ownership group who put a bid in or who wanted to put a bid in for an actual WNBA team in Oakland wasn't even given the opportunity to do so. And we were discussing, well, how did it go straight to, you know, the Warriors? And I know that's your team, but, you know, we had a former WNBA player wanting to bring a team there and we're realizing, okay, so what are the rules? Like, how does one put in a bid? What what exactly, how are you guys operating? And what is this information that all people should know on the process to get, you know, fair consideration? And then boom, this happens. And it's like, hmm, interesting. Not really, but maybe if there was more transparency on all sides, maybe this could have been avoided, right? Maybe if more conversations were happening in public and out loud, someone could have been like, oh, well, 
should we be considering this team if your biggest issue is wanting to know where they're going to play? How did it even get this far? Who's in these rooms? Who's having the conversations? Are they even happening? That's kind of where I'm at with it. And it, it's frustrating, but you have all these other places like Detroit who've already had a team and who want their team back. Why did we want to go to Portland anyway? Like, I know why, I but let's say it out loud. Yeah, I was not a fan of Portland. Um, you know, Callie, I want to give you the last word on this, but there was like some reporting from The Athletic from friend of the show, um, Marcus Thompson. And because, you know, the Black Ownership Group put out that like, they can still try to, you know, uh, submit a bid for a team. But sources, some of the athletic sources are saying that that's so unlikely and it's not real. So now I'm like, are you stringing now the Black ownership group along? So, you know, that would be in a couple of years, not like right now, but that it's that it's not completely dead and they will still have the opportunity. So, um I, th I think it's probably very unlikely they're going to also give Oakland a team, especially when they're saying they're calling the new team that the Warriors um, successfully submitted the bid for, the Bay's team. So it'll be interesting to see. But Callie, do, um, I want to give you the last word on this. You know, I, I hate to squander the last word by being selfish, but the Sacramento Monarchs were in Sacramento when I was growing up. And we're not the Bay Area. We're not the Bay Area. And I I listened, I read whatever came from the press conference when the Oakland or Golden State team was introduced. And they said that Sacramento was like an option. And I am pleading to whoever, whoever is having those conversations, as Subria astutely noted, who is having these conversations? But whoever is having them, please consider Sacramento. This is a basketball town and okay, if we're not gonna do Sacramento, I could accept that. But my next thing would be, can we consider the South? Can we consider the South? I, I feel like I never hear any buzz about an expansion team in the South. And I'm like, why? The, my mom's from the South, like Alabama, South Carolina. There is a an interest. There is an is South Carolina the South. That's the South, ain't it? Um, but well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah there is an interest. And so, like, why not consider? I don't understand why I haven't heard any buzz there. So that's those are my only thoughts. Well, you mentioned South Carolina, and South Carolina would be a great place for a team because the connection um, would be there with Dawn Staley and the Gamecocks, who are currently, Sabria, right now in Paris to open the college season. Uh, this is such a big deal, and Dawn Staley's um, talked about why it was so important. Let's hear from Dawn on them playing in Paris. I think it's a big deal. Like, I, I do, because um, for the longest, we've had to watch the NBA go over there and play games. We have to watch the NFL. They go over to Europe and play games. And yet, the only time that women are playing is actually during a international competition, like a, a World Cup or an Olympic Games. And here we're doing something a little bit different and we're 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 starting the women's basketball season off so I, I know we're the first but we won't be the last because other teams should want to experience it win lose or draw you should want to experience what we're about to venture into facts everyone should want to experience it and I'm going to go Callie and then Sabria the last word but just what are your thoughts on this Notre Dame-South Carolina matchup in Paris. 
She's right. I mean, it's monumental. Take it global. This was made possible by what you mentioned earlier, that really impressive viewership in March Madness. That's how these things get accomplished. That's how you get to go to Paris and play and convince ESPN to broadcast it because they know people will watch because there's interest. And so I'm super excited about it. I think it's beautiful. Grow it, grow it global. That's what we want. Yes. Yes. Shout out to Coach Ivy for setting this up and inviting Dawn Staley in South Carolina to be part in this. Um, I want more college teams to take note. And I want even professional leagues like the WNBA to take note, right? Maybe you do a game in the South. It's not necessarily overseas, but why don't you do some exhibition games in other places where they're actually not able to get the product and let's help the game grow. So shout out to them. Shout out to y'all for, you know, y'all thoughts and having this conversation grow the game grow the game and we know that is uh sabria's moniker so thank you so much for joining us always love having you on we will make sure you're back for us to continue to follow this incredible college season that's about to be upon us take care guys we'll be back I won't let my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis symptoms define me. Emerge as you. In two clinical studies, Trimphia guselcumab, taken by injection, provided 90% clearer skin at 16 weeks in 7 out of 10 adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. In a study, nearly 7 out of 10 patients with 90% clearer skin at 16 weeks were still clearer at 5 years. At 1 year and thereafter, patients and healthcare providers knew that Trimphia was being used. This may have increased results. Results may vary. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Trimphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at Tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So it is going down, Callie. 9.30 a.m. for me on the East Coast, 6.30 a.m. for you on the West Coast. But Frankfurt finally is going to see a return of the NFL after years of supporting American football. And we got a great game coming. It's going to be the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs who are coming off of a very bad loss last week. Travis Kelsey getting some criticism for maybe doing too much. And so... They're coming into this game. You got Tyreek Hill talking, talking. Um, What are your thoughts on this matchup and who you got? You know, everything that you just mentioned is why I think that it's going to be the best game of the weekend. I'm so excited for it because international beef, international smoke. Like, yes, I want that. I want it overseas. Um, My pick for this game, I am going Chiefs. I think that is what makes the most sense. I think they're the more complete team. Obviously, Miami has an incredible offense. But I'm going Chiefs and respect to the Chiefs for getting the game um, in Germany because they have global marketing rights there. And so they took something from the NFL that mandated 
global game once every eight years and they're making money off it. That's what we were talking about earlier with women's basketball, like get that money all around the world. And that's what they're doing. Okay. Wow. I don't care who wins. My agendas <laughs> will be at work for, for either win, but um, <laughs> we're, we're going to move along to the game that um, I am very, very, very interested in. Um, and we can hear from the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles um, and also some of the Bengals players talking about that Sunday night matchup. You can't get more up for one game than you would the next game. I think if I said to the fans and to you as the media that, it's Cowboy Week. We're going to ramp it up. Well, what the hell were we doing the last couple weeks, right? You'd be like, well, well that's why you lost to the Jets because you guys weren't – like, I wouldn't ever – and so we know how awesome it is. Now, with that being said, we know how much energy this stadium's going to have on Sunday, and every bit counts. Every little bit counts. Going back on the playoff game when we won in the snow, a couple of their players uh, were saying if it wasn't snowing that they would have beat us. So we're here now. So uh, we're going we're gonna to see what the outcome is. Yeah, I remember that. Um, it's something crazy to say, but yeah, I do. And I don't fire me up. For, I mean, that's their opinion. Uh, we still won at the end of the day. I know that's right. I love it. I love all of this talking and stuff before the game. You know, Michael Parsons was talking a lot about my Eagles, talking about, oh, keeping the same energy and all of this stuff. First of all, I already do think that they keep the same energy, but even if they didn't, they should not because... I mean, obviously, Jalen Hurts is better than Dak Prescott. And so that's why they don't have the same energy over their careers. He's performed better. He's done more. Um, no, he hasn't won the Super Bowl, but he got there and he's just been better. Right. So in his younger, shorter career. But that being said, Micah just talks a lot. He talks a lot. So all I know is they better come in there and do something because I keep receipts, Callie. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Who you got? I mean, obviously, this is a rivalry game. Like, this is a real NFC clash. This is the top two defenses. Like, the Eagles have the most wins in the NFL. And so I think that it's a good test for the Eagles. Can you win the turnover battle? Because Dallas' defense, they're leading the NFL with defensive touchdowns. So can the Eagles prevent that? And then can the Cowboys keep the momentum that they had um, with their dominating performance over the Rams? Like, can we no, keep that show rolling? No. I'm I'll saying that's a test. I'm not I'm answering I'm answering it. <laughs> All right. So, tell, me, tell me what you think about the Chiefs. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the Bengals and, and Bills. Let me know, because I also have some agendas for this one. Okay, I got to be super fast, but I had a nightmare about this game because last season, this was unforgettable. It was, they were, they're, okay, first of all, this season, they were Super Bowl favorites, but last season, that mid-season rematch was traumatic a little bit. Damar Hamlin had a cardiac emergency in the middle of the field, and that I, the fact that my subconscious is thinking about it is crazy. And then the playoffs followed, and the Bengals smoked the Bills. Uh, 27 to 10 to advance the AFC championship. You know why? Because Joe Burrow is that dude and Josh Allen is not. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Listen, I am not making any... I'm just saying I want everybody to have a safe game and I hope that the Bills just maybe go out better than you did last time. Make sure you tuned in Sunday Night Football on NBC. 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. I won't let my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis symptoms define me. Emerge as you. In two clinical studies, Trimphia guselcumab, taken by injection, provided 90% clearer skin at 16 weeks in 7 out of 10 adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. In a study, nearly 7 out of 10 patients with 90% clearer skin at 16 weeks were still clearer at 5 years. At 1 year and thereafter, patients and healthcare providers knew that Trimphia was being used. This may have increased results. Results may vary. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Trimphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at Tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Well, Callie, first show under your belt. Thank you for joining me today on Ladies First Friday. Thank you How for you having me. This was so much fun. It was. We got to do it again. Fun. We will be doing it again in two weeks <laughs> together in, in the person bay. in the Bay. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Have a great weekend, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with the Michaels on Monday. I won't let my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis symptoms define me. Emerge as you. In two clinical studies, Trimphia guselcumab, taken by injection, provided 90% clearer skin at 16 weeks in 7 out of 10 adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. In a study, nearly 7 out of 10 patients with 90% clearer skin at 16 weeks were still clearer at 5 years. At 1 year and thereafter, patients and healthcare providers knew that Trimphia was being used. This may have increased results. Results may vary. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Trimphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at Tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.